The Pac-12 can still not reach a media deal. Will Baylor and Oregon be a regular season game in five years? That's very possible. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated here. I want to thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Today's show's different, a little funky. I joined Big 12 Mafia here this week to talk a lot about BYU, Baylor, and where this league stands alongside the Pac-12. I had to flesh out all my ideas, answer some big questions, and give you perspective on where Baylor football sits in the Big 12 where BYU sits, where the conference sits, where the Pac-12 and the ACC, where they sit, where these TV deals are. I just wanted to give you an entire open section of the state of this team, the state of this conference. I've already spoken enough about it. It's great. It's a little similar action coming your way. Take a look. I cannot wait to meet you in person. It, it when Baylor, I want BYU and Baylor to be blood brothers, brother. Yeah, they they should be. It should be an every year game on Thanksgiving too. I mean, really right. lean into the religious aspects of these schools, uh, create a rivalry. You know, now that BYU and Utah aren't playing hey, uh, hey, consistently, on, right? Here's a little disturbing. Right? Hey, <laughs> I don't know. This, this is our this is our rivalry over yeah. here. <laughs> I don't know if I could if Baylor fans can be as aggressive as Utah fans, but we right. will. We will pray for you aggressively, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> so so I think, actually, look, my wish, and the reason I started this channel and, and, and reached out and, and found you is yeah. to, we really want the Holy Rival show to be a thing. We mm-hmm. want the rivalry to be around. And, and I think if they happen to get into the Big 12, uh, talk about the rivalries that you've got there. TCU, Baylor. Uh, Utah and BYU all came, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They all they all were came from places that weren't in strength, and to end up in the same conference, I think that'd just be amazing. Oh, it'd be great. And and if you look at the trajectory or lack thereof of the Pac-12, I mean, it's it's become embarrassing. You know, right. I I just the mishandling of of that league means that schools like Utah, you know, Nathan, plug your ears, a, a powerhouse like Utah should be in a conference that suits it, that fits it, that can market it. That's the big thing here is marketing. I mean, if your product's not as good, the Big 12's not as good as the SEC or the Big 10, but if you can market it, then people are going to watch. That's why I think with the ACC, here's what's so strange to me. The way I put it on my show this week is it's like if a food critic, if a really renowned food critic came out and tweeted, I love Long John Silvers, just that affiliation alone kills all your credibility so the acc went out and signed a deal with the cw the the acc went out and said i like long john silvers and america's going to laugh right why would you shoot yourself in the foot let the pac-12 do that let them be the the food critic that gets it all wrong and the acc is the one that's that's really come hasn't come to play i guess so to me i would love to see utah byu I'd, i'd love to play utah man that that part of the country is unbelievable just from a travel standpoint i'd love to be out there uh, but I, I think it's likely that you get Utah and then maybe you get NC State along with them the way this thing's going. If you want to come up to the Baylor game at Utah this year, get a ticket and you can stay in my basement. <laughs> That's where I am right now, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, you can stay longer. Stay here, there. yeah, yeah. Go ahead, you. Baylor, week two. It's a yeah. game for the youth. In right. Waco, yeah. So we'll get you guys We'll get you guys in Utah, I guess, next year, yeah. 
So, so, it, oh, I thought it was in Salt Lake. I apologize. I, I, it's in, yeah. it's in, uh, it's in Waco. Yeah, yeah, get this guy. So Florida at home, okay. and then Baylor. Oh, Florida is the one I was flipping back, back, back and forth. That's so brutal. The youth schedule is tough. Well, I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now, you got the best team. If you guys, I, we've heard it for a decade now. Utah's coming. Utah's yeah. coming. You've talked about it. You're proud about it. Now's the time to show me state. If you guys with the team you have, Cam Rising coming back. If you guys don't make it to the playoff now, I don't know when it's going to happen. You. I agree. I yeah. do. I think that's there's truth in that. You've really got to make moves this year. You've got to win this year with all this media rights stuff going on too. I think that is so important. So give us an outlook of Baylor, Drake. Well, where, where do you think you guys end up this year? Yeah, what I love about it is the lack of hype coming into the season. And and what hype there is, I, I think, is not warranted. It's Baylor's a little, I was surprised, being a top five team in the Big 12 going into next year. The media, I don't want to say they overvalue Dave Aranda, but they're giving him a lot of confidence after a six and seven season. What what I see for this next year for the Bears is a, a really high ceiling. I mean, they got eight home games. They could win 10 games in the regular season. Um, right. I, I don't want to say easily, but with, with what Dave, Dave Aranda has done more with less than what he's got coming back next season, Baylor could also go five and seven by nature of how bad last year was. We spent the whole right. offseason talking about how good this team is. And then they laid a fat egg. It was seven and six, but a brutal, terrible seven and six, especially down the stretch, losing your last four. So going into this year, you got Blake Shapin, and a lot of people don't love it, right? But I remind you, I don't, this is, I get it. Everybody, grain of salt here. Max Duggan sucked at football at one point. There was a time where Mac, he's been benched multiple times in his college career. I don't think Blake Shapin's going to be Max Duggan, but I do think that we we undervalue experience and consistency in college football. Sure, the guy wasn't great last year, right? But at least he's had an entire season of starting football games under his belt. And that, to me, goes a long way, especially when compared to the backup Sawyer Robertson, the most popular guy in town right now, who has thrown for 28 yards in his collegiate career. <laughs> right. So how does Blake Shapin play? I think Baylor goes pretty much as far as, as the offense goes. I don't have a lot of worries about the defense and Matt Powledge. Uh, but this offense under Jeff Grimes, who was so good in his first couple of years with B, with with Baylor, has uh, uh, you know it remains to be seen what they can put out there. You can see why BYU didn't give him that extension. I'll just yeah. say that he's a great line coach, and right. he definitely knows how to schematic things. But I think he's a horrible play caller. I, that's just that's that's coming from a BYU fan. I, I yeah, I was sad to see him leave, but then I was also okay to see him leave. Wait, Bomber, it wasn't T- tough Grant, to say. You know? just had that a, like eleven win season two seasons ago. It wasn't Grant yeah, but, yeah, but that wasn't because of him. That, that, that wasn't he, he had he had Alex he had um Zach. Wilson he had Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson yeah. anybody could have done that in college with that. I'm, no, it wasn't him. He's no, got a no. wicked good mustache though. Aaron Roderick is now running the offense and this next year in the big 12 there are going to be some people that are surprised by how 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 many numbers they built out i'm not saying they're going to win the thing i'm just saying they yeah. could win eight nine games and it wouldn't be a shock yeah i i think for us for grimes has been it's been a success story so far especially in year one um again talking about doing more with less the offense wasn't great and he flipped the offensive line with eric mateos i mean justin uh chip and joanna fixer upper i mean what season to season was wild right and but so far to me the question mark's been quarterback development you saw zach wilson how good he was at byu so we all thought all right jeff grimes can do that with blake shapen and we haven't seen it yet from him or the quarterback coach sean bell 
well. Um, and I do think for a lot of Baylor fans, the jury is still out on Jeff Grimes. I, I'm, I'm in his camp. Uh, I think that he can still be the answer at OC for Baylor. But this year is going to prove. Dave Aranda has shown you can get fired pretty quick here at Baylor if you're not working out, as he's done with Larry Fedora in year one, a great right. head coach who he canned and, and then did with his D.C. Ron Roberts this last year. Dave's not afraid to pull the plug. Did it, the just to follow up one last thing on Jeff Grimes? I want to be very clear because we have a lot of BYU fans, and I don't want them to think I'm not loyal. But just like Baylor or Utah people, yeah. uh, once you're once you're BYU, you're always BYU. It's not a yeah. it's not a judgment. This is I'm a nobody, uh, but I can just tell you that a lot of those quarterback development hours mm. were done by Aaron Roderick, the yeah. QB coach. That's now the offensive coordinator, Jeff is great with the line. He's down in the trenches. He knows how to put a, a, a big wall up. It's a matter of, can he, can he make those big calls? I was disappointed with some play calls last year. They should well, have beat TCU, yeah. for instance. They they had TCU beat and let them off the hook. And, there were and I think that was on Jeff. We're looking at like Baylor's at, you know, pinned at their own two, three yard line running a, a sweep. Oh, right. I know. That's yeah, there, what I'm there were, there were some head scratching moments. Um, right. But, but again, when you, you take there's a little bit of recency bias for some Baylor fans there. Cause everybody was singing his praises when he took Gary Bohannon and turned right. him into a sugar bowl champion, a big 12 champion. So it's been two completely different seasons under Grimes. Do you get a repeat of last year or do you get another sugar bowl type offense? Right. Whoa, going to jump in here and tell you about eBay Motors. Dude, I can tell you this much. I First and foremost, great conversations going on right now. I can tell you this much. For a championship team, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. I got an old Impala sitting in the back right now for here in Alaska with expired plates and some other weird bad jazz, and it's terrible. But got it serviced this week with eBay Motors because it was way cheaper. It's what our organization, our baseball team uses, eBay Motors. Right now, if you need parts or accessories, go to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part's going to fit. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, well, I'll be monkey's uncle. It's going to fit the first time around. You add your car to my garage, and they tell you what's going to fit. If it doesn't, you get your money back. It's just like in sports. Your confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors, you can be confident. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy. To bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, get the right fit, the right prices, eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBayMotors.com. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers and eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Drake, let's go. Uh, let's talk about some Pac 12 media deal stuff. Your topic, yeah. Okay. He's so, been waiting. You can tell. Oh, dude. Hey, just, okay, imagine that you're a Pac 12 media consultant. Yeah, that's that's where you're sitting. <laughs> what do you do to get a deal done? And how do you yeah. do what do I do as a Pac-12 media consultant? Yes. I go in the back and I, I'm done. That's it. It's wraps for me. I quit my job and fly to some remote <laughs> island. Oh, I would hate to be myself right now. I, I should rebrand my show to Locked on Baylor. Your Pac-12 bad talk every day. Like I, I, I mean, it's it, because they it, it just it's continual, right? They, yeah. Every time you think, all right, maybe the Pac-12, maybe, maybe today's the day. It's never the day. It's never the day. And every news that breaks is just wholly embarrassing for the league. Uh, and, and that, to me, is why guys like Deion Sanders, why brands like Oregon, why, why schools like Utah who are competing for New Year's Six Bowls 
are are not going to put up with it anymore. They're, they're too good to be withering away in a conference that is that is going nowhere. It's less than stagnant. This is a downhill turn. You remember that graphic they released like two months ago that basically said nothing? They posted on the, the official Pac-12 page, we are working on a TV deal. Right. And in it was January. a lie. Yeah, right. January they did that. <laughs> just, yeah. it's, been, well, it's been over a year now of them saying tomorrow's the day, and, and tomorrow hasn't come yet. And when you see the the worst, the biggest nightmare for the Pac-12 is the strength of the Big 12 right now. Why wouldn't you, if you are Utah, Arizona, Colorado, want to be in the Big 12, especially for a school like Colorado that's already been there and hasn't seen immaculate success in the Pac-12? I just where I where I'm happy is for Utah fans, Arizona fans, Colorado fans that know they're not going to get left behind where I, I feel a little torn. If you're an Oregon State fan listening, you know, I'm sorry. You'll be lucky to be in the Mountain West in three years because that's that's where college football is going. If you're not already a secure brand or a one that's protected, then you're not going to be power five for long. That's right. That's right. So if so, so since you're the media consultant here and you uh, just gave a really a lot of bad advice for us here, can you can you change this, change <laughs> the tune here, Drake, and tell me how it could get done? How do you yeah. think just say that it's Let's, yeah. let's say that it's going to get done. Let's mm. make that assumption, right? How could it get done? Compromise be the number one thing. Um, you're not going to land a, a marquee deal with ESPN or Fox Sports. It's it's not going to happen at this point in the juncture. And I don't think those two brands are off the table. Pac-12, the Pac-12 could negotiate themselves back into a deal with a major network for a lot less money. This is going to be, hey, we are now begging you, ESPN, to, to keep us relevant, to keep our brand relevant. And then there's the idea of streaming. I get it. Um, I, I I don't like it. I don't watch a lot of Thursday night football. I think most of the broadcasts that are put out just aren't aren't great. I don't feel always all that entertained, and and I don't have a knack to go and and search up these on Apple TV. But at least it's something. And if you can get some of your games on Apple TV or some kind of streaming service in that form, just see if it works. At this point. If you're the Pac-12, like like I said, compromise, you have to throw something against the wall and hope that it sticks. Otherwise, your big brands are not going to stick around to see the ship sink. There are only a handful of lifeboats left on this boat that is wholly, it's halfway in the water. I mean, it, this thing's going down. And and these schools, these Colorados are not going to stick around to be on, on the CW. They're not going to stick around even maybe to be on a streaming service unless somebody puts up big dollars. Uh, right now, you're the Pac-12. You lay down and say, "Look, we're sorry. We'll take what we can get." Yeah, I think you're so, right. I, so, I think he's right about Apple, really, Apple's the solution. I think it's yeah, solution. Unless you want a Frankenstein deal. Uh, right. Apple's the solution for everybody who wants to be bailed out in today's world. Honestly, yep. they write a check and pick you up. Uh, yep. Blake Phillips, thanks for the thanks for the tip. Two dollars super chat. Yeah. Uh, for giggles, I'm just gonna say that. Um, <laughs> so what do you, uh, what do you think, Drake, about the outcome of the Big 12 media days? Were you impressed? You've seen these before, yeah. I haven't. The organization, the spirit, the entire thing from start to finish. What was your What was your takeaway from that? Felt different. Felt different. Felt really well put together. Uh, your mark is at the forefront of of the buzzword that I used earlier, and that's marketing. Right. There is there is something to this. Great example. I mean, I'll put it in terms of where I am here in the Alaska Baseball League. When you hear the words Alaska and baseball, that ought, you perk up a little bit, right? 
the league doesn't have immaculate competition up here, but people watch it because it's marketed well. And there's that oddity to it. There there's some intrigue here. And that's what the big 12 is to me. I am so excited to see Texas tech play a team like Houston, because there's a lot of bad blood there. You don't get to see that matchup very often. And those two fan bases hate each other. They hate each other for no reason, but they hate each other. And that's what makes it fun. So the marketing of the Big 12, you saw it on display at Big 12 Media Days. Everything's so well put together. All the head coaches felt like they they each had something unique to say, which is very new, right? Even Neil Brown got up there and put on a show, at least. The guy's just begging for his team to get some sort of recognition when they don't deserve any. And then, obviously, Dave Aranda, as good as he is, Kalani Sataki is one of my favorite characters. I will use that characters in college football because right. I saw him pregame before the Baylor game go, you know, he made it a point to go to the student section three hours before the game when they first let them in and go stand there and talk to students and rile them up and, and turn it right. into a show. You need that for people to watch it. You, you need that. So big 12 media days to me and the BYU TV guys, you see, they got a whole locker room set up. Right. I mean, the yeah. accommodations that were made for media to show up at this place and be put, it wasn't a, Oh yeah, media can come and check it out. It was, we're going to cater this thing to the media so right. you can put our conference firmly on the map. That's what I loved. I, I couldn't have asked anything more out of this, this Big 12 media days. Like I said, it felt different, and it also felt like it was uncomfortable for Texas and OU, which is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I bet that made you feel good. I got, I got a... I got a graphic to ask you, and then I'll let uh, uh, you ask you another question. So, and I'm going to make this bigger so we can all see it. In fact, why is it so big? Anyway, this is a, a list that I saw posted right before the show started. This is most seasons final AP poll when you start unranked all the way back to 72. The reason 72 matters for BYU people is that's when Lavelle Edwards started coaching. Mm. Um, BYU at the, is at the top of that list at 12, 12 seasons. So they start unranked. And yeah. they end up with 12. And I and I was ta- telling you earlier that Utah would be on this list if they hadn't have made the jump to the Pac-12. They'd be somewhere around the Auburn, West Virginia numbers. Are there any of these – and you see Baylor's here. Are there any of these that surprise you, that you're like, oh, I didn't know that? Yeah, I, I'm – number one, Miami being there. I guess you have your Schnellenberger into – I mean – they feel pretty relevant over the course of the last 40, 50 years, though. Right. Um, but but then you have your your slew of Big 12 schools, your your West Virginia and Oklahoma State and Baylor. Those aren't shocking. And, and I like to see the amount of Big 12 teams that are there. It, what it shows is the parity that you're going to get in this league. For for right. fans that aren't used to the Big 12, the BYU guys that are, that are new to it, you're going to see a – not a lot that makes sense to put it to put it bluntly. Any given week, somebody can like West Virginia last year is one play away from beating TCU, who went to the national championship. Right. That's, that's the right. nature of this league. And that's why that number is so high for Big 12 teams and why I think BYU is a great fit. They, they overachieve. They win games when they're not supposed to. And they thrive when the media puts them second. You you had another one. Yeah, well, I think the on that list right there, that's the ultimate disrespect list. Yeah, right there, yeah, coming down ranked and ending the season ranked. That means that you're not getting credit, right? And then season to season, the people are discounting you or disrespecting you. So really, that's a that's a testament for those schools. And Utah was there, we're kind of still there to to a degree, but yeah, that's the disrespect list and stuff. And like, hey, earn more respect, put respect on those names right there. Mm. That's how and- I see that. 
and you mentioned earlier, Drake, and I really want to key on this, that um, you like Kalani Sataki, right? Yeah. He's one of the most popular people in the in all of Big 12 uh, dumb, right? Everybody yeah. wants to be around him. And if you've ever been in a room, room with him, I was at a fireside where he was speaking. We're talking, there were 500 people there, right? I, I didn't get to talk to him or anything. But the energy in the room, which is what you're describing, yeah. it, it's palpable. It, it, the electricity, it makes the hair on the back of your neck and your, and your arms sort of jump up and i and he is lavelle edwards he doesn't have any bigger designs he don't to say that if georgia called him he wouldn't make a move but he is where he wants to be and and i think that's really unique there's not a lot of jobs in the country that have that do you feel that in you like byu and i really want to get sort of your (laughs) feeling about that yeah, again, if I could rebrand Locked On Baylor, some days it's Locked On Baylor. You're BYU Cougars every day. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I feel like I get stuck because I, I have such an affinity for the program uh, because of the brand they represent and how they do it. Here you go. Here's the here's the part you clip. I think BYU does a lot of things better than Baylor, so that Baylor should follow along when it right. comes to game day atmosphere, when it comes to social media interaction, when it comes to marketing the school, BYU shows that you can have a commitment to religion, a commitment to faith, but also a commitment to excellence, a commitment to to marketing and to, to branding. They do it so well. I was blown away being in the stadium last year, seeing those guys play. And, and I wish Baylor would take notes. Somebody tweeted that out today. It was like, yo, dude, yo, BYU plays the songs, the football games. They, they make it an atmosphere at the football games, right? They don't, they don't tiptoe around stuff. They, they're committed to faith, but at the same time, they can have fun. Uh, and Baylor's gotten away from that in the last, in the last few years, uh, even post-COVID. So I hope Baylor takes, takes that, that Kalani Sataki mentality, because I, I do think it has to stem from your head coach of your, premier, of your premier team, which is football at BYU. And as much as he has, has done off the field, I think he's bought himself time. The guy could go 500 in the Big 12 the next two years. I, I think he's got a, a, a healthy window at oh, BYU. Sure. Guys yeah. like Sam Pittman yeah. at Arkansas, same deal. You don't have yeah. to win 10 games. Yeah. If you're a light for the program and the fans love you and the fans say, look, we could we could go eight and four, nine and three, and dude, you're awesome. Dave Aranda at Baylor, same deal. Uh, those are the head coaches I have an affinity for in college football, whereas LSU fired Ed Orgeron after a season and a half post-national championship. Yeah, that, that, nice. that there's, there's nothing. I, I want no part of that. I want right. the Satakis, the Pittmans, the Arandas. Very good. Yeah, you, we have a Pac-12 question from Sergeant Pickles. Thanks, Pickles. Appreciate you being here. He's the UW fan, um, and uh, you. This will this will absolutely be right up your alley. He says Pac already behind the eight ball. Might as well try to be ahead of the curve on streaming. Anything is still an upgrade over the Pac-12 network. Nobody's going to disagree with that, right? Oh, nobody's going to disagree with that. The Pac-12 network's horrible, horrible. Yeah. So many people in Salt Lake City still couldn't get the Pac-12 network because it wasn't on Dish Network. And so it's just been a bane for all Pac-12 fans. Anything's better than that. Apple's better than that. Any streamer's yeah. better than that. But you can't have your main games, your tier one games, on a streamer, y'all. You need it on ESPN or Fox. So this Apple deal, if they work out an Apple deal, you really need to license those games out to ESPN and Fox. It's a must mm. to make it work with Apple. You, I love that point. And I also love the UW fan in there. Bow down to Washington. Mighty are the men who wear the purple and the gold. I know the whole theme song. Why not, right? Um, yep. the, the idea with streaming is great. The problem is when Cal plays Oregon State, uh, even if you put that right in front of me on the main ESPN channel, I don't know if I'm watching it. 
right? That they're, it, The struggle is going to be getting people to go to Apple and watch these games, such as why Pac-12 After Dark didn't really work. Y- right. If you got a match, if you got a dud matchup one week, then then nobody nobody stayed up After Dark to watch that. Um, especially when you know this big game between Alabama and LSU cuts off, and now you go to Cal Arizona. I mean, that's just <laughs> dreadful for college football fans. But while I'm ragging on the Pac-12, there the same is true in the Big 12. There are matchups where, and as unique as I find it. There are weeks where, say, your your West Virginia plays a, a Kansas State just, or an Iowa State. There's a lot of folks that don't care. Um, games outside the Big Ten and the SEC don't don't have that carry that those two power conferences do. So that's the one thing with streaming that I'm, I'm leery of is, oof, if we put it there, how do we get people to go there and watch it? Right. And I think that you have to license those games and put them on linear. At least yeah. like you've heard like Robbins from Arizona saying that they want 60 percent of the games on linear. Yeah, you give me this. Um, I, to me, the the Utah conversation, it feels like they belong. Like just the way I see, it, it feels like they belong in the Big Twelve, belong with BYU. Uh, I know there are people that would shy away from that, the same as your A and M and UT fans shy away from each other. Do you feel like the fit for Utah would be in the Big Twelve more so than the Big Ten, just from an entertainment and fan perspective? I think that they fit in both. I would agree with that. I think they've made good strides to to qualify to go to the Big Ten. They're not ready yet. I still think they're a decade or more away, but who knows what they see blown up. 10 years, 12 years has equipped them to step up to the Big Ten if it ever comes. But Utah could easily fit into the Big 12 immediately, guys. It wouldn't be any problem at all. Like Culturally, Utah's a lot different than a lot of the West Coast schools. I think it'd be fantastic for competitive balance. Again, you bring in rivalries. Arizona, Arizona State, they hate each other, yeah. right? But but the rivalry, which is what Bob Thompson I, – I don't know if you were watching back in August, Drake, or not, mm-hmm. but I've mentioned several times. Bob Thompson's quote, he said, the things that are most important aren't eyeballs, they're not t- TV sets. It's rivalries, yep. right? And and then – what's the second one? I'm losing it. You Remind me, what's the second one? Rivalries right. is the one I was keen Brands, on. Brands, rivalries – um, brands, brands. Thank you. It was brands and rivalries were the top two. It, it, so you, USC is a brand, but UCLA was a come along, right? They, they, they didn't, they were, it would have been better, honestly, to take Washington. Washington was a much better fit and, and they took UCLA because they were kind of, well, I guess we want to own LA. We don't want that to be bifurcated yeah. or taken from us. But it, at the end of the day, uh, Utah in the Big 12, I don't think they step in and they're the champion the first year, but I think they would be just as they could compete with everybody at the top, and they're certainly in the top, you know, five or six. I would, I would, I would say that. Would Utah be favored to win the Big 12 this season? I, I think quite possibly. That. This yeah. team this year, I think they, I think this they team, I agree with you. Yeah. The. I think Texas really Tech good. is going to be good. Kansas State is going to be good. Should they should they be favored? Yes, they would have been third behind behind Oklahoma and UT right. because of the way that Big Twelve media votes. A surprise! Right. Texas is first. Get used to it. you know. Right. I, I, this is just the way it's always been. Right. Yeah. Last question, really, for uh, from me, Drake. Here is uh, how do you really see this realignment stuff shaking out over the next couple months? What's going to happen? Uh, you if we fast forward to 2025, you've heard Brett Yormark say that we want to add two more. Uh, and and we're in a position. We've had this conversation the last couple of weeks on my show, looking at at Houston and the value they add to the Big Twelve. Um, and 
And of these four, BYU to me is the outlier. It's the lock to come to the Big 12. Brett Yormark, had he sat on it a little bit, had the opportunity to bring in Colorado sooner, I think he would have done that. The Arizona schools, Utah, looking at the ACC, and if you look at the, the seven teams that got left behind, there's some there's some good brands in there for the Big 12 to bring in. And if Yormark says he wants two more, he doesn't mean Memphis. He right. doesn't mean SMU. Right. He means two powerhouses out of the Pac-12, whether it be Utah or Arizona, Colorado, and maybe your outlier NC State, maybe your your UNC by chance they don't go to the Big Ten. I think they would fit there, uh, but there always feels feels like that one team where you think, huh, what a weird brand to get left behind for right. whatever reason. And the Big Twelve is going to be there. the The ACC signing the CW deal, I, I it didn't do them any favors. Dabo Sweeney, people people don't think about it. They they take humanity out of this thing. Humans make these decisions, and they affect humans, right? Dabo Sweeney is having a conversation with his wife. Where she goes, huh, the CW, what do you think about that? And I can tell you, <laughs> it's not a good conversation. Right. Nobody in that conference is happy about right? Nobody uh, in, that, in that power seven of their league is happy about that. So th- those same conversations are happening in, in head coaches and ADs households across the Pac-12. 2025 comes around. Everything will be different. And based solely on where the five conferences are today, July 15th, the Big 12 will be the third most powerful conference in college football in 2025. And with the the complete turmoil in the ACC and the Pac-12, I would struggle to be convinced otherwise. All right. That was, dude, dope conversation with those guys. The ability to talk about this conference, the future of the conference, made me feel confident in where Baylor is and where the Big 12 is. Come back on Monday. We'll talk Baylor football. We're getting close. We are a, a month away from the college football season here on Locked On. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Baylor.